their an ideal skincare routine. Welcome. I'm Dr. Tio Wan Lin, board-certified dermatologist, host of beauty podcast Dermatologist Talks, Science of Beauty, and creator of the Skincare Masterclass series by Dr. T W L. In this lecture series, produced in partnership with Dr. T Dadial Pharmacy, I'll take you through an in-depth exploration of each skincare topic, broken down in simple layperson terms. In spite of that, though, I promise we won't miss a beat. Whether you are an aesthetician, a skincare enthusiast, someone who is seeking to develop a career in beauty and aesthetics, or if you are simply looking for honest answers to help navigate the world of skincare, this masterclass series has something for each of you. I'll include all the advice and tips I usually share in my dermatology consults, so you will acquire detailed knowledge that will empower you in your skincare decisions. My focus is on over-the-counter cosmeceuticals, so I'll also be including some of these latest pearls from my research in ethnobotany, which you can't find anywhere else. To maximize your skincare masterclass experience, we've provided exclusive audio guides as well as dotted journal paper included under each section for note-taking. Today's masterclass focuses on hyperpigmentation. We're going to cover the following topics. Definitions, common causes of hyperpigmentation, the types of hyperpigmentation, how to tell the difference as a layperson, and the danger signals one should watch out for. The risk factors for hyperpigmentation, including the influence of skin tones and skin types, when one should seek medical treatment, proven methods for hyperpigmentation treatment and prevention, not forgetting my take on an ideal skincare regimen. I hope that got you as excited as I am right now. Join me as we dive right into Pigmentation 101 with me, Dr. TWL. First up, we're going to discuss the common causes of hyperpigmentation. Well, there are specific causes for different types of hyperpigmentation. Um, however, we will begin with the common triggers, uh, which will help us understand how these conditions come about. First of all, we are familiar with the idea of ultraviolet radiation and exposure leading to pigmentation formation. There are also genetic factors. I specialize in skin of color, which is regarded as more prone to developing hyperpigmentation, uh, mainly because of increased deposition of melanin by melanocytes. Trauma inflammation causes tissue damage, as in the case of post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. Hormonal factors also influence the development of melasma. Now, moving on, the different types of hyperpigmentation must be clearly defined. 
PIH, uh, which stands for post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, uh, solar lentigo, and melasma are the commonest types seen. PIH can arise from acne scars, eczema, or trauma. Uh, solar lentigo, uh, also known as a sunspot or an age spot, these are part of photoaging. Along with textural changes and uneven skin tones, um, melasma, on the other hand, is affected by hormonal fluctuations, uh, the influence of certain states such as uh, pregnancy, menopausal states, uh, as well as being on birth control, um, baseline melanin levels as well, for instance, darker skin tones are at a higher risk of acquiring pigmentation. Now, dermatologists are trained to inspect visual characteristics of hyperpigmentation in order to make a diagnosis. Melasma quite classically presents as pigmented patches in a butterfly-shaped pattern on the cheeks and the forehead PIH tends to have fuzzy borders, whereas solar lentigenes have a rather discreet edge. Care must be taken when evaluating dark spots in general because of the risk of a type of melanoma uh, known as lentigo maligna, which sometimes masquerades as hyperpigmentation. One question I find is frequently uh, asked is um, the idea that there may be a specific skin type or skin tone that uh, reacts uh, in a different way to hyperpigmentation. On that note, uh, I want to share the following. Skin of color is prone to hyperpigmentation in general. Uh, dry combination oily skin types do not exhibit differences um, in terms of their response to uh, melanin uh, deposition apart from the context of post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. Those with dry skin or eczema-prone skin may develop worse symptoms uh, in comparison to those with oily or combination skin types. This is because of a weakened skin barrier that uh, predisposes one to inflammation. Now, we often find ourselves wondering if hyperpigmentation fades naturally um, or if it's best to pursue treatments. Well, that really depends on a few factors. One's age, for instance, does play a part. If we're talking about a child, teen or a young adult, we really wouldn't need to be too worried about PIH as long as the underlying problem is addressed. Underlying acne or eczema should be treated to prevent recurrence and existing hyperpigmentation is expected to resolve on its own. Using a ceramide dominant moisturizer an antioxidant serum uh, such as one uh, with vitamin C as well as a sunscreen to prevent a further sun-induced darkening, all these are sufficient measures. 
Other forms of pigmentation,、uh, for instance, solar lentigo and melasma, tend to worsen with time. These can be treated with a prescription lightening cream that contains hydroquinone,、uh, targeted lasers in combination with chemical peels, microdermabrasion, as well.、Uh, all these can be individualized. Melasma triggered by hormonal factors can occasionally resolve on its own. Uh, in this case, it may be related to pregnancy states or OCPUs. Cosmetic concerns aside,、uh, one should be particularly vigilant about skin cancers in an individual with advanced photoaging, which itself is a risk factor for melanoma. Melasma、um, is a fairly common disorder of hyperpigmentation. Um, especially so in skin of color, it looks like a mask because it spreads over large areas of the face,、uh, such as the cheeks and the forehead. It can also affect the nose bridge as well as the chin. UV exposure, hormonal and genetic factors play a role, although its etiology is regarded as complex. Melasma is quite distinct in its appearance and distribution. Some dermatologists also use a Woods lamp to aid in diagnosis.、Um, you know, we often want to、uh, find the best and, and the most、uh, you know scientifically backed method for treating many of our skin concerns. And pigmentation is、uh, certainly one of these things we we are concerned about. But you know, to be honest,、um, treatment options are actually fairly limited.、Uh, lasers, peels, cosmeceuticals, prescription hydroquinone and retinoids. Well, these are usually used in a combination. Oral tranexamic acid is quite effective for melasma, especially in Asian skin types. Prevention and maintenance、uh, takes the form of sun avoidance.、Um, sun protection can also include、uh, wearing of broad-rimmed hats.、Uh, the use of a sunscreen with a minimum SPF of 30, a broad spectrum, of course. As well as incorporating antioxidants into your skincare regimen, vitamin C serums,、um, those which are based on L-ascorbic acid or sodium ascorbic phosphate, these are commonly prescribed as adjunct cosmeceuticals. They work by reducing oxidative stress on skin. Um, and in these cases,、uh, is caused by environmental damage. Are more intensive treatments,、uh, lasers, etc.,、um, considered better,、um, or are serums and at-home topical treatments、uh, equally effective when it comes to treating hyperpigmentation? Now, I think this is a common、uh, approach that aesthetic clinics use in their marketing. The idea that、um, physical therapy、uh, has to be superior to、um, topical measures, but the truth is, dermatologists do know that in、uh, certain conditions, for example, melasma. 
topical treatment uh, may in fact be the uh, most effective type of uh, treatment. Well, I can only share from my experience that um, overly aggressive uh, laser uh, or peel therapies can in fact worsen melasma. And because in this case, there is a mix of both uh, pigmentation in the uh, superficial as well as the deeper layers of skin, um, overly aggressive treatments uh, without say rotation or bricks well, it can actually lead to paradoxical darkening. In this case, I think we ought to reflect on what we, we had discussed in the earlier segment, which is that um, pigmentation itself uh, is not considered a condition which is guaranteed to go away even with medical therapy. But um, certainly the first step we can take uh, is really to understand the type of pigmentation you suffer from. Now, the most worrying thing would be if you actually have a form of skin cancer that is masquerading as hyperpigmentation, you certainly want to make sure that you are visiting a dermatologist because missing a case of lentigo maligna, for instance, uh, and it turns out to be melanoma, I think uh, that would be uh, quite serious to say the least. Prescription topicals uh, can include hydroquinone, which is a depigmenting ingredient often used in combination with retinoids and steroids to counteract inflammation. Uh, well, these are uh, routinely used in melasma treatment. Hydroquinone is also a prescription only drug, at least in Singapore where I practice. Uh, and there is good reason for it to be used under medical supervision. Uh, because there is a risk of rebound or paradoxical hyperpigmentation with use beyond six months. Lasers and peels, uh, these are regimens that must be individualized. Traditionally, over-the-counter options are regarded as rather limited, although there is emerging data on plant-based alternatives such as licorice root, Scutellaria bicolensis, uh, improvised from Asian ethnobotany, uh, which is an area of my research. Um, I think that prevention uh, of hyperpigmentation and conditions such as melasma uh, is very important. So while genetic factors are at play for most forms of hyperpigmentation, environmental exposures such as ultraviolet and uh, pollution exposure, these do affect the progression of most forms of hyperpigmentation. Prevention isn't just about sun protection either, but also about building a regimen for resilient skin. Adaptogenic skincare, such as those containing desert plant extracts, for instance, Portulaca oleracea, can help with building the skin's natural reserve of antioxidants. In turn, there is also uh, less likely to be oxidative stress and damage, and hence skin is also better equipped to repair damaged cells. Is there an ideal skincare regimen for the treatment and prevention of pigmentation? Well, in terms 
of um, a general skincare regimen, I think I, I want to share that you know there really is no need for us to focus on a specific skincare regimen that is tailored to one's skin concern. Unfortunately, um, this is but a marketing fad. Dermatologists usually recommend a universal skincare regimen for those with problem skin. And uh, this means that the products used are suitable for all skin types and skin concerns. Most importantly, dermatologists recommended skincare products are suitable even for those with sensitive skin types. The following template can be used in the context of your preferred skincare brands. Now, the first aspect of any skincare regimen, uh, and in my opinion, is the single most important step, is cleansing. We are familiar with double cleansing, so using a milk or an oil-based cleanser to remove sunscreen and makeup because these are oil-soluble uh, types of residue on skin, uh, and then followed by a lathering cleanser in the second step. Using a soft microfiber makeup remover pad uh, is recommended um, in order to physically remove the residue and the debris. What many don't realize as well is that it's an effective way to gently exfoliate your skin on a daily basis. Next, we move on to the concept of the toner slash moisturizer slash lotion. I refer to this step uh, that way because I personally favor K-beauty formulations, uh, especially in humid climates or um, in those who have combination of oily skin types. K-beauty formulations combine these two um, and those with sensitive or reactive skin in particular should avoid AHA or BHA uh, in the form of glycolic salicylic acid in their uh, lotion or their toner formulas and instead look for humectants such as hyaluronic acid, polyglutamic acid, glycerin, um, as well as antioxidants, uh, which usually uh, come in the form of a plant-based ingredient. Next, we have serums. The three uh, most important serums that I would uh, recommend uh, would be a hyaluronic acid serum, a vitamin C serum, and an antioxidant serum containing an ingredient of your choice. Um, in my case, I would opt for uh, resveratrol. So the pharmacy formulates um, a serum which is based on transresveratrol, the Elixir V serum, um, and that is derived from the Japanese knotweed plant, um, which is a fascinating plant uh, similar to how resveratrol is extracted from grapes. We're moving on now to um, emulsions or creams. For those with combination or oily skin, I would say stick to your lotions and emulsions. The textures of uh, both lotions and emulsions are similar. They are lightweight, which means they are readily absorbed. Now, um, in terms of those who suffer from dry uh, or eczema-prone skin, a moisturizing cream formula is preferred. 
Um, it's also important uh, for you to use a facial mist throughout the day, uh, especially when you are working in an office environment and uh, where I am, there is air conditioning. So all that can increase the rate of water loss to the environment, a phenomenon we know as transepidermal water loss. Um, sunscreen, uh, of course, we, we are familiar with that. And um, just a quick note on what uh, would be beneficial as a weekly treatment. Uh, I think chemical peels now are very accessible, uh, even for home users. Uh, Enzyme-based options like pepain and bromelain are my preferred for um, at-home use because these, besides being gentle on skin, have additional anti-inflammatory properties um, suitable for sensitive skin. Gel masking is recommended for combination oily skin types and sheet masks for those with dry sensitive skin. The last part of this podcast uh, will delve into targeted skincare treatment. Uh, in the case of non-prescription uh, skincare options, we are familiar with Arbutin, uh, for instance, and Kojic Acid. Uh, and in the area of my research, which is in Asian ethnobotany, uh, there are uh, certain actives which are used in uh, Eastern uh, medicine, uh, which we have included in the downloadable checklist. Well, that's it for um, today's edition of Skincare Masterclass. Be sure to sign up um, at the link I provided in the description, uh, which will grant you access to our entire resource uh, for free, um, which includes checklists, full podcast transcripts, uh, as well as uh, book giveaways. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. See you next time.